Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. We're on a mission to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. Our prayer is that this message encourages you today. And remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible. Well, good morning, Journey. How y'all doing today? Great. Welcome to all of you that are joining us here at our Apopka campus and those of you that are joining us online. Today in Lake County, Pastor Russell, our campus pastor, will be sharing the message. But I'm super excited to be here with you today. If you have missed the last few weeks, I want to encourage you to go back and check out those messages. The last few weeks, we've been in a series called Transition Talks. And Pastor John and Pastor Dustin have shared that we are in a season of succession. And that is just so cool for us here at Journey. But it's really important for you as a church to know what's going on. So I encourage you to go back and watch that. After I've been personally reflecting on the last two weeks, I'm just so grateful to be under genuine, wise leadership. But not just leadership, people that I also call my pastors. And so today, as we dive into the message, I am just super excited for what God's going to do because today is not part of transition talks. But when you think about graduation Sunday for the graduates and their families, it is a transition talk just in a different kind of way. If I have not yet met you, my name is Tammy Joseph, and I'm the director of family ministries here. And I'm just super excited that God has given me the opportunity to pour into the next generation here. And you may be thinking, what does that even mean? But I have the privilege of leading our teams and our staff that cover birth all the way through high school. And so it's just cool to be able to lead that. And I truly believe that how God has gifted me it really complements the role of being the director of, of NextGen here. And so I want to introduce you first to my family. Um, my husband is Wilson. Thankfully, he is confident in being known as Tammy's husband. My, we have three children. Our youngest is Jeremiah. He, gradu- or he just finished first grade at Sable Point Elementary. Our middle son, Jacob, is just finished his sophomore year at Lake Brantley. And then our oldest is Abigail, and she just finished her first year of college. So to all of you graduates and families, I know what you're feeling right now because last year I sat in your very seat as I sent off my firstborn to college and the close of one season of life and the start of another. Now, my husband and I always had this mentality that when we make it to high school graduation, we've made it to the finish line. And last year, we did celebrate a little bit, and we did joke a little bit. We do have a picture to prove that. We were so excited. We actually made it and got one child graduated. Little did we know that that was not the finish line. That is just the beginning to a new season of life. We sent Abigail off to USF in Tampa, and we're just so proud of the steps that she has taken. And although parenting a college student is completely different than we could have ever prepared, it is such a sweet season. It's crazy because as I talk to graduates, I graduated 20 plus years ago, and I know some of you, you're shaking your head because you're like, yep, that's me too. But as I talk to the graduates, 
what they're processing and what they're thinking is not very different than what I thought back when I graduated. A lot of them are still asking the same question, what is my next? And that's the question that we're going to dive in today, what's next? But before we do that, I just want to share a little bit about my story with you. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and I grew up in a single family home with my mom and my sister. My mother was such a hard worker, but somehow she kept it all together. We grew up going to church each and every week. We would sit in the front pew. We always had to be there early because if you're not five minutes early, you're late. And so there was so much that I learned growing up in the church. Once I graduated high school, I literally packed a U-Haul the following week and I moved to Florida to start my college journey. Once I started my college journey, things began to be a little bit different for me. It was the first time that I was completely out of my mother's wing. And when I got into a new environment, and it, it just messed with me and I began to see things differently. I started attending a church, not because my mother was dragging me there to sit in the front pew, but because I had a desire in my heart to find out what my purpose was in life. After going to church in Florida for a few weeks and being in a new environment, I realized that God had stirred in me something and he was making me see things differently. I began to realize that God desired a personal relationship with me. For the first time when, when I was out of my normal, I began to see and hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus, in a completely different way. And just a few weeks after going to a new church and being in a new environment, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I heard the good news for the first time in a different way, and I be began to see my sin different. I realized that my sin was keeping me from God, and I did not want to go on any further feeling that way. I realized that God sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life and then to die on the cross for my sin. I surrendered my life to Jesus in August of 1999. And once I did that, from that point forward, my life had new meaning. It wasn't by any means easy or perfect, but for the first time, it had an eternal purpose. Just a few weeks after I surrendered my life to Christ, I got baptized and my desire for things of this world began to shrink and my earning for God began to increase. Today, whether you're a graduate or not, I believe that we all can ask ourselves this question, what's next? Because for all of us, no matter what our age is, no matter what our season is, is in life, we all have a next. So what's next? I want to start with a verse in Psalm 92. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Notice here, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. So according to this verse, if you get yourself planted in a good environment, good things will happen. 
When my daughter started last year at USF, as a mom, the one thing I wanted for her was to find a church home. So I encouraged her to check out. I even followed some different churches on Instagram and some different campus ministries. And when they had stuff going on, I would, I would share it with her on, on social media. I wanted so badly for her to find a church. But I had to realize as a mom that that wasn't my place, that she had to do that for herself. She had a very wise friend tell her, Abigail, it's okay to shop around a little bit. It's okay to hop around, but that's only good for a season. He said, don't let that season become your lifestyle. And thankfully, after just a few weeks of being in Tampa, she found a good church home. It's important to be planted in the house of the Lord, whether that be here at Journey or any church, when you're in the right environment, there's something that God can do. There's a place out in California called Death Valley. It's the hottest, driest place in America. Nothing grows there because it doesn't rain. But something very unique happened. This picture is what Death Valley looks like. But something unique happened in 2004. And nobody really even knows how this happened. But in 2004, seven inches of rain fell in a very short amount of time. Nothing happened immediately, but in spring of 2005, this next picture is the same area. This is what happened. What they realized was that Death Valley wasn't dead. Death Valley was just dormant. So right beneath the surface of the ground, there were actual seeds of potential that just needed to be in the right environment for great things to happen. Do you see where I'm going with this? We need to understand that in order to be the best version of ourselves, we have to be in the right environment. And I don't know about you, but as I think about graduates and the season that they're getting ready to enter, this message is very relevant for them but I think each one of us are also in a different season, whether that's being newly married or a new parent or newly divorced or in a different season. We all can learn from this message. Now, the big idea that I want you to catch is you're somewhere on a spiritual continuum. You're somewhere in the plan that God has for your life. The key is to find out where you are and then what step you need to take in order to fulfill God's bigger plan for your life. My goal of today's message is to help you identify where you are and then figure out what your next is because your life isn't supposed to be dead. Your life isn't supposed to be dormant. Your life is supposed to flourish. In Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
And for me, this is the greatest revelation because this verse gives us direction and this verse gives us hope. Most people know that there's potential out there, but they really don't know the path and the journey to take to reach God's full potential for their life. You see, everybody is searching for purpose in life somewhere, but there's only two places. Either people search vertically and they find it, or people are continuing to shop horizontally. There's one thing that I know. There's a lot of people that I've talked to over the years that have found Jesus, but they're still searching for fulfillment in other places. And if you're doing this horizontally, you will always leave feeling discouraged and feeling empty. As I read the Bible and I study the word, it really stirs in me a passion to help just not just the next generation, but to help people discover all that God has for their life. From cover to cover, God has always basically wanted four things for each one of us. The verses we're going to look at today are found in Ephesians. In Ephesians, it, it's really a prayer that Paul has prayed over the church and for the church. Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that, and I want to stop here for just a moment. He says, so that, what Paul is saying is, I wish people could see, I wish people could see that God wants something more for them. So that first you may know him better. How do we get to know somebody better? We must have a personal relationship with them. We can't just think we're going to know them better. We have to be intentional. We have to take steps to know them better. We have to spend time with them. So I want to ask you today, do you really know God or do you just know about God? The second thing we see here is that I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In the message version of the Bible, it uses two words, focused and clear. That the eyes of your heart would be focused and clear. God wants you to find freedom. This is the second thing that we can learn from this verse about our plan is that God wants us to find freedom. Every single one of us today are looking through a lens. In fact, you're probably looking at me right now through a lens. Maybe it's a lens of your past, your pains, your problems, your hurts, your good days, your bad days, your relationships. We are all seeing through a lens and what Paul is saying in this prayer is that once you know God intimately and once you know God personally, I wish you could understand how important it is that you take the second step of your spiritual journey where you begin to get your heart right, where you begin to find freedom. All of us in this room and those that are watching online are seeing the exact same thing through these verses, yet we're all seeing it completely different based on what's happened in our life up to this point. You can't even go on to the next step unless you've experienced step one and step two, to know God and to find freedom. 
When you have a personal relationship with God, you then have the power to get your heart right. It's virtually impossible to see the plan that God has for us when we're still looking through the lens of yesterday. The last part of this verse in Ephesians says, in order that you might know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now notice here the word hope and calling are connected. In other words, if you want to find hope, you're never going to find it circumstantially. In other words, if you want to find hope, you're going to have to find it by knowing that you're on this planet for a purpose. The third step here is that you would discover your purpose. Part of your spiritual journey is knowing that God created you on purpose and he created you for a purpose. And once you realize this, your life will have a new source of hope. This is a powerful, powerful truth that we can all learn from today. So many people are looking for hope to be found in their successes. Maybe the college they got into or the tassels they're wearing around their neck from the awards that they have won. Some people are looking for this hope in their family or in their job, but that's not how it works. It's found in knowing that you were here on purpose and for a purpose and that God wants to use you to make a difference in this life. God has already put it inside of each human heart that is alive, whether you're lost or saved, whether you attend church normally or not, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, God has put it in our hearts to do something meaningful with our life. Secular sociologists have proven that the highest need that can get met in the human heart is to live a life in such a way where your life is making a difference for other people. So I want to ask you, when I talk about these four steps of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference, if you were to be completely honest with yourself, where do you see yourself in these steps? That can be a tough question for some of us. And I don't want you to look at these steps as if you've missed your mark. Because guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. Today is a new day. I want you to look at these steps as an opportunity for you to take to live a life that God desired for you to live. So let me ask you, do you know God? Even though I grew up in the church every week on that front pew, I did not know God. It wasn't until after I graduated high school that I started attending a church that looked a lot like this, looked a lot like Journey. And I began to see how kind people were. I began to see how people worshiped. And that was very new to me. I began to see things different and it was only at that time that I desired to know God differently. I knew of God, but in Matthew, we see in Matthew 7, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will you enter the kingdom of heaven, 
Then I tell them plainly, I never knew you. God does not want us to be part of a religion. He's looking for us to have a personal relationship with him. It's about being in a personal relationship with a very loving and a very real God. Many of you in here, you know God, but you've never taken the next step of finding freedom. We all need to deal with the stuff that holds us back so that we can be the best version of ourselves. And when I say stuff that holds us back, you're probably thinking of that right now. You know what I'm talking about because it's messing with your heart as I say these very words. It's that addiction. It's that habit. It's that secret that you've told to absolutely no one. So the question is, how do we find freedom? In James, we find our solution. In James 5, 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Church family, this is why we do Rooted. This is why we have groups. We have life groups for student ministry. This is why we do that. Because we need to get in community with other believers so that we can peel off that mask. And you know what's really cool about our God? When we peel off that mask and we confess our sin to one another, and I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying everyone you know needs to know about your stuff. But I am saying that it does need to be confessed to one person. But when you're in a group and you peel off your mask, the cool thing about our God is so often he has somebody on the other side that can look you in the eye and say, it's okay, I've been there. We see that all the time when people get in groups and get free going through Rooted. We need to have accountability. We need to have prayer and support. Once we experience the healing and we find freedom, we now are able to discover our purpose. According to one study in America, 80% of the body of Christ does not know the body part they are. They don't know their function. Could you imagine if your body, if 80% of your body did not know its function? You have a function. You need to know that you're a part of the body. And if 80% doesn't know their function, that means that 20% does, and that also means that 20% is doing what 100% should be doing. Could you imagine the church? And when I say the church, I'm not just talking about Journey. I'm talking about the Big C Church. Could you imagine the church if we all knew our function and 100% of us were doing what God called them to be? I truly believe it would be life-changing for this world. In Romans 12, 6, it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God designed you with a purpose to fulfill in the church. And until you discover that purpose, you will not experience true fulfillment in life. If you don't find your purpose, what'll happen is you'll keep chasing it in things of this world and you will continually come up empty. So often people think that we want volunteers at church because we have a need to fulfill. But I want you to understand that we want people to volunteer at the church because we want you to discover your purpose. 
We want you to live out God's plan for your life. What I love about these graduates as I saw them standing on stage is there's people throughout their time in Journey Kids and in Journey Students that have found their purpose and are investing in the next generation. And they've been poured into by those people throughout their journey here in Next Gen. Once you discover your purpose, then you can finally do what you were created to do, and that is to make a difference. In John 15, eight, it says, this is to my Father's glory, that you would bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. The purpose to bear much fruit is not for our benefit. The purpose to bear much fruit is to bring glory to our heavenly Father. In John 15, 11, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. This is why we do what we do, to bring glory to God and to experience joy that comes from only knowing him and living out our purpose. An easy way to make a difference is to join a team here at Journey. You can go on our website and see just a ton of different opportunities to serve. This is why I love our church so much because you see people around here today that are serving. A lot of them have a blue shirt on or they're carrying a camera or they're caring for your kids. But what I love about Journey is people are making a difference, not just on Sundays, but literally every single day of the week. My heart is that each of you would not just hear this message, but that each of you would respond to what your next is. It's not often that I'm in this position, but as I stand here today, it's stirring inside of me. And what's stirring inside of me is what I really believe that God wants me to say, what are you waiting for? What is your next? If your next is to knowing God, what are you waiting for? There's a loving God that desires a personal relationship with you. What are you waiting for if your next step is to find freedom? Why are you still hanging onto the sin of your past? Do you really want to go another day without discovering your purpose? without making a difference? What are you waiting for? God has a beautiful plan for your life and your life is supposed to flourish. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, I just thank you so much, Lord. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the truth that is found in your word. God, I thank you for the truth that is found in knowing you, the truth that is found in finding freedom, the truth that is found in discovering our purpose and making a difference. God, I pray for boldness. God, I pray for courage. I pray for each and every person, God, that's hearing this message. I pray that you would stir in their heart, Lord, what their next is. God, I know that you have a plan and a purpose regardless of our past, regardless of what's happening around around us. God, you have a purpose 
for each and every one of our lives. God, I pray for our seniors, our graduates that are the class of 2022. God, I pray that as they take their next step, Lord, I pray that you would be with them each and every step of the way. I pray that as soon as they get to their next, Lord, you would put them in the right environment. You would surround them with the right friends and the right community so that even in their college years, God, they would make a difference for your glory. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. And I ask that you continue to move in your church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you like this podcast, we post a new message every week. So make sure to click that follow button and share it with your friends. Remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible.